The following podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Please proceed with caution. Hello, and welcome to Serial Pop, the podcast that brings your two favorite things together, true crime and popular culture. Each episode will be centered around one randomly selected theme, then I will tell my lovely contestants a true crime story relating to that theme, and throughout the story I will be asking them pop culture trivia questions that relate to the theme slash aspects of the case. For every right answer, a contestant will be awarded one point, and by the end of the game I will tally the points and the winner will be crowned champion of Serial Pop. Now let's jump right into it. My name is Cam, and I'm your moderator slash storyteller slash host of Serial Pop. Now let's meet our contestants for today. Well, hi guys, my name is Warren, and I just want to say that everything Leslie says is cap, and I think we should acknowledge that right now. Um, I am very good at pop culture trivia, so I think I'm going to win, and I'm just really good at trivia in general. I know the most random facts. Try me, I'll know it. Okay, let's get into it. Yeah, I'm Leslie, New York City, born and bred, and I think that New York City is the best, and New York is the best, and that's why I'm going to win, because I'm the notice, best. Notice how she's not talking about her personality, and her entire personality is New York City. Like That is okay. not my entire personality. Your entire personality is that you're from the DMV, so don't even um, at me. Queen, did don't I even mention the DMV in my intro? All right, guys, let's not argue. Let's get to picking our theme. And it's demonic possession. Our very first theme is demonic possession. We're going really just hard hitting on this first one here. Oh, wow. Our case today is David Berkowitz, a.k.a. the son of Sam. Have you guys ever heard of this case before? Are you familiar with it? Let me know. No, I've never heard of it. All right, guys, I guess since you guys have both never heard of it, we're just going to jump right into the story here. In 1953, a baby boy was adopted by Jewish-American hardware store retailers Nathan and Pearl Berkowitz. They lived in Brooklyn, New York. This baby was named Richard David Berkowitz. He would later go by just David Berkowitz. David was said to be a very smart but troubled child growing up. He lost interest in school at a really young age and got especially interested in in setting fires and such. As he grew up, he developed a strong and close relationship with his mother, Pearl, and she passed away, unfortunately, when he was about 14 years old, which was really tough on him and hard for him to deal with. And his dad remarried. He didn't like his stepmom. His dad and his stepmom moved to Florida, and when he was 18, he enlisted into the U.S. Army. Now it is time for a Pop culture trivia question, which I'm calling a PCTQ. And ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. We're going to go. Okay, here we go. Which celebrity was in the military before pursuing a career in acting? A, Rob Riggle from 21 Jump Street. He's also a well-known comedian. B, Michael B. Jordan from Black Panther and Just Mercy. C. Brie Larson from Captain Marvel, or D. John Cena. He needs no further explanation. We all know who John Cena is. What are your guys' answers? It's John Cena. You think it's John Cena? Yeah. Okay. What about you, Warren? What are you choosing? Can you repeat the people again? Yeah, of course I can. Pay attention, Warren. Sorry. Option A is Rob Riggle. 
B is Michael B. Jordan, C is Brie Larson, and D is John Cena. I'm going to go with Rob Riggle. <laughs> okay, so the correct answer is Rob Riggle. He was a Marine from 1990 to 2013. He was known for talking about his military experiences on The Daily Show. Also, fun fact, other celebrities that were in the military before act being actors were Adam Driver, Clint Eastwood, Tom Selleck, and Morgan Freeman. Wow. Okay, so jumping back into our story... Berkowitz served in the Korean War and became a proficient marksman, meaning he was a pretty good with a gun. While he was considered very talented and had distinguished himself as a soldier, he only served three years before returning to New York. He worked several jobs, ranging from being a security guard to a taxi driver, before he became a letter sorter for the U.S. Postal Service and settled into an apartment in Yonkers. He actually had about three different homes in Yonkers, but overall he lived in Yonkers. That was his first mistake, living in Yonkers. It seems like he was settling in for a very ordinary and mundane life. Many of his neighbors described him as a loner who generally kept to himself, but nothing seemed to be super off about him. They were never hearing weird noises coming from his apartment or feeling uncomfortable around him, just that he was a loner who didn't like to socialize. It's reported at this time that Berkowitz began to feel very angry at the world for many different reasons, but mainly because his mother died so young, he was still mad about that, and also he had a constant rejection from women, and also women just generally weren't really interested in him. He began setting fires also at this time all across New York City, though he was never suspected for these fires, and so at the time of his arrest when they found a journal detailing those arsons. He committed his first violent act around this time as well. On Christmas Eve of 1975, he attacked two young women with a knife while they were walking home. One ended up going to the hospital, but they both survived the attack. It's time for another PCTQ! What was the most in-demand children's toy in 1975 at Christmas time? Oh, I know it. God. A a skateboard, B, an Atari, which is a gaming system, C, a Barbie doll, or D, a pet rock. Okay, Warren, what do you think? You said you knew the answer, so what are you thinking? I really came in hot and came in confident, but the thing I thought wasn't on the list, which is really, one might say problematic. Okay, I mean, like, the pet rock is kind of funny, but, like, it, would, like, that be a gift option? Like, I don't know, like... I mean, you have to remember, it is 1975. It's, it's kind of a weird time. I think if I didn't know the answer, I'd probably guess the Atari, because I think it, it was, you know, gaming systems were pretty cool back then, and also it's just in my head, like, super vintage-y. I think it could be Atari as well. Okay, but what's your final answer? Like, lock that in. I'm going with Atari. Okay, Leslie, how about you? What do you think it is? I mean, for some reason, I thought it was like a Chucky doll. I'm going to go with Atari. Okay, let's see what the answer was. 
You guys are both wrong. It was not the Atari. It's actually a pet rock. What? Why? Pet rock. I guess kids really are happy with anything. Yeah, it's just a rock with two googly eyes, like, glued on to it. That's fun. Well, that's a very fun fact. Maybe I'll put that on my Christmas list this year. Okay, so, like, enough about pet rocks. Let's get back to David. In early 1976, that's when David moved to his final home in Yonkers. He would later claim that his neighbor's dog was the reason he committed killings, but we can talk about that more, like, a little later. And the first attack actually happened, the first attack that's considered, like, the Son of Sam attacks, happened on July 29th, 1976. He attacked two teenage girls who were sitting in their car in front of one of their houses. When he approached the car, he knelt kind of knelt he like put his hand on his knee in a weird way and then like just shot directly into the car through the window one of the girls unfortunately died in that incident and the other was wounded and sent to the hospital the next attack came a few months later in october when berkowitz shot at a couple in a parked car luckily both of those people lived but the man received a serious head injury and about a month after that so like november time he attacked another two girls who were walking home from a movie. Uh, both were critically injured after being shot, but they both lived, which is really good. So in the span of like three months, he has attacked six different people and killed one of them. Okay, so it's question time, PCTQ. And unfortunately for you guys, this one is an open answer, which means you have to come up with the answer by yourself okay okay so since you guys are both interested in film i think you'll actually find this question pretty easy but it's what was the highest grossing film in 1976 oh my and as a clue i'll tell you guys that it's a pretty famous film today it has a famous scene and a very famous line that people like to re-say in a certain accent yeah, it's not just some random movie that's like, you know, no one knows. Rocky. Okay, Leslie's answer was Rocky. So, Warren, what is your answer? Okay, now I'm kind of caught guard because I thought Rocky came out later. But, okay, I'm going to go with Rocky. Copycat. So, yeah, the correct answer is Rocky. You're both correct, so you both get a point. Okay, so it's been three months. There's been three different killings. The police are still lost on basically who's committing these crimes. They don't have any suspects, but they do realize that each of the crimes involves a 44 caliber gun, and in fact, they match two bullets they find intact, one from two different crime scenes, um, to each other. So they realize it's the same person committing these crimes using the same gun, and... Yeah, and that they kind of dub him the 44 caliber killer, which is just really unoriginal and not impressive. And that just ma- makes me wonder, like, what would your guys' serial killer names be if you had to, like, give yourself a serial killer name? I think my preferred murder method would probably be suffocating someone in their sleep. Because if you think about it, like, I just don't think, like, people would see it coming and they're sleeping. And I think it would be the smartest way to kill someone. So maybe suffocating them in their sleep who are you trying to kill yeah how are you gonna get into their houses though like they're gonna hear when you break in that's not true a lot of people leave their doors unlocked 
Um, <laughs> oh, well, I don't. So <laughs> good luck. Yeah, I think a lot of, but I, I think a lot of people are pretty like, I don't know, carefree. Like, I think I can make it happen. And I think if I planned it out, like I knew their code before and I really like investigated, oh, I think I would, that would be my preferred way of killing someone. So what would your serial killer name be? Oh, I'm really just describing my perfect murder. Um, yeah, anyways. don't do that. Chloroform killer, period. Okay. The, the chloroform killer, that has a good ring to it, actually. Yeah. The chloroform killer? I don't know. Like, I feel like if I were to kill someone, like, I want to leave, like, you know how some killers, like, leave, like, a little trail mark behind, like, a little Zodiac killer? Mm-hmm. They have, like, a symbol. They have, like, a symbol or, like, That's the signature. jigsaw? A signature, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, hmm, I don't know. I feel like, oh, I'd probably leave like a white rose, like covered in their blood, like at the crime scene. Ooh. Oh, and I'd be like, like the rose killer or something like that. I feel like Leslie's has a lot more like creativeness to it, so I'm uh, I'm gonna give her a bonus point for that one. One bonus point for Leslie. So, Berkowitz did not attack again until January of 1977. This time, he attacked in Queens. He attacked a couple in a car. It was a woman and her fiancé. The woman died. The man survived. Um, And then two months after that, in March of 1977, he weirdly this was this was on the street this time not in a car he shot and killed a college woman walking home in manhattan so basically at this point um berkowitz has attacked in almost all the major parts of new york city queens the bronx manhattan um with the you know the exception of staten island because no one really counts staten island as part of new york city and the police still have like no idea who's behind this they just know that they're all connected And then in April, Berkowitz left his first letter to the police at the scene of a murder of a young couple in a car. In this letter, he referred to himself as the son of Sam for the first time. So you you remember how I told you that he had a neighbor with this dog and he he said the dog was telling him to kill people. And the weird part is, is that the neighbor who owned the dog was named Sam. And that's why he called himself the son of Sam, apparently, because he believed this neighbor and this dog to both be possessed by demons so much so that in his letter to the police he quoted and i quote sam loves to drink blood go out and kill commands father sam unquote and he also refers to himself as a monster though he does oddly wish the people of queens happy easter which i guess is seen as like kind of a taunt or like eerie and haunting like i don't know it was weird it's a weird letter and yeah so basically the media is covering these killings a lot mostly because it's the first like huge murder spree in new york city that people aren't used to this you know like typically there's not like sprees of murders in new york city and they um, actually published this letter in the news so people citizens of new york can read it which i don't know that doesn't that confuses me (laughs) i mean i guess like freedom to information but like i don't know that just seems like you're just gonna cause a panic and they got a psychological profile done after receiving this letter and the profile concluded that the killer was neurotic most likely suffering from paranoid schizophrenia and believed himself to be demonically possessed 
And I don't know, do you guys believe in demonic possession or not? Because I'm not sure. I do, actually. Yes. Demons are real. Warren, what about you? No. I think there's too many cases where there has been demonic possession and, like, a priest has to go in and... What's that word? Do an exorcism? Yeah, Yeah, exorcist, exercise them, do an exorcism. And I think it's... I think it's pretty real. I don't think ghosts are real, but I think spirits and demons are real. And that you can summon those. Okay, well, now that we've discussed how everyone feels about demonic possession, Leslie believes in it, Warren is a skeptic. Now let's jump into a P-C-T-Q. That means it's question time. Okay, here is the question. In the 80s and 90s, there was a cultural movement or era called the Satanic Panic. Which of the following pop culture trends of the 70s did not contribute to the rise in the fear of the occult? A. The Church of Satan was founded. B. The film The Exorcist. C. Several Christian books about the dangers of Ouija boards were published. D. Media coverage of the Manson cult and other serial killers. Or E. A book titled Satan Seller. What was the last one? Satan Seller? Yes, Satan Seller. Was the Manson, can, can I get a question? Was the Manson cult in the 80s or the 70s? The Manson cult was in the 60s and 70s. Oh. Um, we can repeat the questions or the answers. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. A, the Church of Satan was founded. B, the film The Exorcist. C, several Christian books about the dangers of Ouija boards were published. D, media coverage of the Manson cult and other serial killers. Or E, a book titled Satan Seller. I. I think all of them could be right. What's throwing me off is the date. Like, I feel like The Exorcist was released later. No. Okay, so I'm going to say The Exorcist. I'm going to say Christian books on the dangers of Ouija boards because Christians. Okay, and the answer is C, Christian books on the dangers of Ouija boards. So Leslie gets another point. Yeah, so to jump right back into our into our case file here, in May 1977, a second letter was received by journalist Jimmy Breslin. The letter was vastly different from the first in writing style and appearance. The first letter was more like messy block letters, really bad grammar. The second letter was like kind of made in an art studio, police thought, it had very nice like comic lettering, like it sounded better just grammatically more correct and in this letter the son of sam taunted about what would happen on july 29th which would be the one year anniversary of his first killing uh breslin the journalist immediately contacted the police who took the letter into evidence and one week later that letter was published in the paper yeah so theme of the story they just kind of keep publishing the letters that the serial killer writes which i mean I guess was popular back then, but also, like, doesn't that just make the mass hysteria worse? Because, like, you're just scaring people more? And it was also to note that this letter talked a lot about how all the female victims had dark brown long hair. 
So women all over the city began to cut their hair very short or get a bright dye job or they would just buy a wig. Like there were so many wigs being bought that salons and beauty shops couldn't keep up with the demand. PCTQ! Ooh, and it's an open answer. Recently, there's been an uptick in hair dyeing. Which social media app is responsible for this? TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Right off the bat, TikTok. Yeah, or- I'm going to go with TikTok too. Okay, you're both right. It is a TikTok. Period. I'm not here for this movement, though. I'm just going to say it. I feel like really? everyone who like dyes their hair a crazy color is just like going through something. <laughs> and like that's yeah, yeah that's that's like and when i see like i'm just like okay queen like we get it like you're angsty okay so two more shootings did occur in 1977 both were couples or a man and a woman sitting in a car together at least on some accounts weren't clear on if those two people were in a relationship but they both involved a man and a woman both in cars And both victims survived the first shooting in June, and two witnesses actually came forward from that shooting and said they saw a man in a tracksuit fleeing the scene, and one even provided a partial license plate for the number of the car that I guess he was fleeing in. And as I mentioned, the killer had taunted about something happening on July 29th, but the police had set up such a huge patrol that night in Queens and in the Bronx to prevent any, like, Uh, copycats or like you know son of sam doing something that night nothing happened that night and in the 20 july 29th there was no shooting that night or anything like that the final shooting occurred on july 31st it was a couple who were in their car and the killer approached the passenger side window and shot four times the man survived he did lose his left eye and the woman unfortunately died due to her injuries. And it's important to note, she was the only blonde woman that was attacked or targeted. And now this is this is the crazy part, guys. You won't this is like insane. Um, a woman actually saw a police officer ticketing a car on the street and then saw a man walking away from that same direction of the car. And she remembered this man because he scared her. Because something in his hand was dark and looked heavy and she didn't couldn't make out what it was but it it made her feel wrong and just like freaked her out and also he like looked at her and she was like oh this is weird and suspicious so she ran all the way home and then she heard shots apparently that night but she didn't report anything she saw for four days and when she finally like reported it to the police the police like got their break you know they were finally like oh we have a tip we can follow And it turns out that they started investigating every single car in that area that received a ticket. And Berkowitz's 1974-door yellow Ford Galaxy was one of the cars they investigated. So basically, he kind of got caught because, like, he didn't park his car in the right place. Wow. Well, now I know why New York City police give so much parking tickets. Speaking of cars, it's time for a PCT about a car. Okay, so the question is, which 1970s cartoon is known for its iconic vehicle that holds the whole gang? Is it A, Bailey Comets, B, The Brady Kids, C, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, or D, Chattanooga Cats? Well, obviously, it's Scooby-Doo. Hello, the mystery, what's it called, the mystery... Mystery Machine? Yeah, that one. Okay, Leslie, what's your answer? It's Scooby-Doo. 
It is Scooby-Doo! Yay! Good job, guys! You got it! That is an iconic car. Okay, so the police now, you know, they suspect David Berkowitz to be the son of Sam. So they call, like, the Yonkers Police Department. And they're like, hey, we really need to set up an interview with this guy. Like, he's our best suspect. Instead of setting up an interview, they, like, go to check out his car and apartment. And when they check in the backseat, they, like, peer into the windows of his car. And they see a rifle in the backseat of his car. And they decide to search the car, even though it's kind of questionable because at the time having a rifle in New York was legal and didn't require any special kind of permit for it. But in the car they found bags of ammunition, maps of the crime scenes, and a threatening letter addressed to a cop that hadn't been sent yet. The police decide to arrest Berkowitz, you know, for being the son of Sam because they're like, eh, this kind of solidified what we thought. And, um... They actually wait for him to leave his house before arresting him because they wanted to avoid, like, a shootout in his apartment building. So around 10 p.m. on August 10, 1977, police arrest David Berkowitz, believing him to be the son of Sam Killer and responsible for eight different shootings. Apparently, when he was arrested, uh, Berkowitz had a really funny quote that he said. It's not really funny. It's just kind of like, what? Like, what were you thinking when you said that? He said, and I quote, well, you got me, unquote. And then they went and searched his apartment, and they found satanic graffiti covering the walls, journals he kept, and a detailed account of over 1,400 arsons, aka fires he set, like, throughout New York City. That's a lot of fires. Man's was yeah. clearly unstable. Who has that much time in their hands? And the next day, he confessed to all the crimes and claimed that his neighbor, Sam's dog, had demanded the blood of young pretty girls because it was possessed by an ancient demon. And then, um, when he was, like, on his way to the courthouse one night or something, he, um, spoke to reporters, and he alluded to the fact that there might be more, quote-unquote, sons of Sam. But then in 1979, in another interview, he said the whole demonically possessed dog story was a hoax. And after three separate mental health evals, uh, the court found him competent to stand trial. Berkowitz refused to plead not guilty by reason of insanity and ended up pleading guilty to all of the shootings. Two weeks later, he tried to jump out of a window at his sentencing. And after he was restrained, he was chanting stuff about murdering people. And then he had to have another mental health evaluation, which... Still determined he was competent for trial. He was sentenced to six consecutive 25-to-life sentences, one for each murder. He was supposed to serve his time in Attica Correctional Facility located in Attica, New York, although he is now serving time in a facility in Ulster County. Ooh, it's time for our final, our final pop culture trivia question. Which famous mystery-slash-crime universe, like, universe of TV shows, references Attica prison relatively often? This is an open answer. Please, tell me your answers. Law and Order. Um, Law and Order? Yeah, well, Law and Order is correct. Lauren, you literally just piggybacked on my answer. I'm not going to lie, 100% did. And... <laughs> Okay, so since he's been in prison, he's converted to be an evangelical Christian and is involved with the prison ministry system. 
He has released several videos and written work about his life and his journey. However, he makes no money from these as it would violate New York State Son of Sam laws, which are, yes, indeed, named after him. The laws, these laws prohibit um, criminals, convicted criminals from profiting off any media that relates to their crime. So, i.e. they can't sign book deals or movie deals or like sell their story. Um, it's to protect victims and victims' families, which I think is really smart and good. And although he recanted his claim about the demon dog, in 1983 he told reporters that he was actually involved in a satanic cult and did not commit the murders alone. He reports that he only killed three of the Son of Sand victims and the rest were attacked by other members of this cult. He asserted the attacks were the work of a group who planned who planned the murders, surveilled their victims, and acted as lookouts. He said he cannot reveal the names of the members or else he would be putting his family at risk which, this whole family at risk thing confused me because he's not close with his dad, his mom's dad. So I guess he's referring to his half-sister from his biological mom because, remember, he is adopted. He also stated that two of the murders were done by prominent cult members who had arrived from out of town for unspecified reasons. Um, so he's implying that, like, this cult is national and they're traveling around killing people. Um, he did, however, reveal that two members were John and Michael Carr, the son of Berkowitz's neighbor Sam Carr, uh, they both died in the late 70s in what I consider suspicious events. One was, like, ruled a suicide, but, like, not investigated, so kind of sus. And the other was a car accident, which, it's not hard to fake a car accident. And many people at this time, um, the case was being investigated and tried, agreed that the single shooter theory couldn't be possible because there were three different car descriptions and five different suspect descriptions. The case was reopened and the idea was investigated. Even a few of the victims and victim families agree that Berkowitz did not act alone. While the case is an open investigation, it has been suspended. To this day, David Berkowitz asserts that demonic possession and satanic cults played a role in the Son of Sam murders. What do you guys think? Demonic possession or just a plain old psychopath? Um, I think it's a psychopath. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I kind of want it to be the cult theory just because that's more interesting, but I honestly don't know. I really just don't know. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Serial Pop. Thanks, you guys, so much for coming. It was such a fun time. Thanks for having us on. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. and I hope Very exciting information. I have to watch my back for a satanic cult that's killing brunettes. So that is the end of episode one of Serial Pop. This episode was presented by VIC Radio. VIC Radio is a online-only college radio station at Ithaca College. It is the voice of Ithaca College, the best of what's next, your FM alternative. If you'd like to check out BIC Radio, you can find them at BIC Radio, B-I-C Radio dot org. Bye, guys. See you next week.